1: Sleeping Dogs now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmoviecom
0: Wondery.
2: Time now for the College Football
1: Inquirer with Dan Wetzel.
0: Eight and four. They'll go. They'll go buy some Ukrainian helium and and let off balloons in celebration.
2: And SI's Pat Forty. I would put Zaxby's well down the ladder in the chicken wars. You know,
0: they're like Belgium. And here's Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Let's get this octagon going, Pat. (laughs) It's time. (laughs) Pac 12, Big 12, UFC Expansion Championship, Pac 12 Media Days. Commissioner George Kliokov. Gets up there and bemoans predatory conferences, such as the Big 12, trying to quote, destabilize the Pac 12, one year after the P- Big 12 said ESPN was trying to destabilize it, then goes on to say that they may raid the Big 12. We'll see what what uh what schools they want to go shopping over there, as he says. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a mixed message, huh? It's college sports. Don't try to take the high ground. (laughs) This was bold talk from a commissioner. He's the last commissioner to speak at Media Days. Had a lot to say. Uh, Seems rather pissed at uh, Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, uh, as you'd expect. Uh, Claims lots of people are mad at UCLA. None of them in the bookkeeping department. (laughs) Basically says he may go take, may vulture the Big 12. But... Quote, I've been spending four weeks trying to defend against grenades that have been lobbed from every corner of the Big 12 trying to destabilize our remaining conference. I understand why they're doing it. When you look at the media value between the two conferences, I get it. I get why they're scared. Not sure that's accurate. (laughs) Uh, Later quote to reporters, the tampering continues. The good news is my presidents and chancellors and athletic directors forward me all those messages. I have a big collection. Of those messages, no Pac-12 school is joining the Big 12. Bold talk. This is also a guy that uh, entered an alliance less than a year ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't work after out After really well. Looked for him. each other in the eye. Thoughts on mm-hmm. Pac-12 media day? The final words spoken in uh, this current current arrangement.
2: Yeah, it's been a uh, heck of a few weeks for Commissioner Bluster, hasn't it? We started with. Uh, Brett Yormark, I was there for that at Big Twelve, saying, you know, we are open for business, and basically declaring, yeah, we're we're looking to we're looking to mingle. And then uh, you had Sankey flexing on people, and then Jim Phillips sounding pained and anguished at the state of modern sport college sports. Then uh, Kevin Warren strutting around a little bit in Indianapolis, and now George. Kliakoff uh, sounding a bit defiant at the, the, the raid on his uh, conference and, and offended by the att- attempted additional raids by the Big 12. There isn't anything he can do about the Big 10, but I think he feels like he can fight the Big 12 on relatively even terms. You know, the problem he has is just how many of his schools truly want to be there. They may not have anywhere else to go. They may be like Richard Gere, an officer and a gentleman. I got nowhere else to go. But if they do get a life raft, any of them to like to the Big Ten, they're out. Oregon, Washington. So Or Stanford. He may be able to Yeah, or Stanford, or absolutely. Them, but. Yeah. But he he can he can flex a little bit
0: right now towards the Big Twelve, but that's about it. Seems like the uh yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of you could tell he was angry at times and I still think some of the, the language can come back and bite you quite well. No, Don't ever say never. He said never, basically. No Pac-12 yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Just because someone's forwarding you a message doesn't mean anything. Right. He just got double-crossed by USC and UCLA. All of this stuff mm-hmm. happens in silence. So all you can do is your best to try to figure out how to keep them. Uh, and when part of your appeal, which is the same as the Big 12, is no one else wants you, It's, it's, it's shaky foundation to build a house. I think the big thing here is going to be what kind of media rights deal can they get? How low is it or how high is it, depending on how you want to look at it? And then does people give that grant of rights? And how long are these grants? I mean, it just feels like it's a perpetual state of attack. I can't imagine a school in the Pac-12 or anywhere giving up your grant of rights and signing up for a conference, one of these conferences, for more than five years? Yeah. I mean, four, maybe? I don't even know.
2: I, I, I'm i not sure I could put a number on it. But yeah, the days of the 10-year grant of rights are over unless you're the Big Ten or SEC. I would have to think that you know if we're going to see the Big Twelve going to market eventually, uh, pretty soon here. The Pac-12 is there now, but I think those are both going to be very short window deals in terms of grant of rights, and they're both boy they're going to be eyeballing each other to see whose deal is bigger.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you know look, you, if you can lock up a long term media deal, but these things never go down. Yeah, so you you're kind of counting on. America's love of football. Uh, I mean, if you sign a long-term deal, why? You think America will love right. football less? You think America will love college football less? College football's done virtually everything it can to make itself not popular. <laughs> yeah, uh, they yeah. serve all sorts of 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 interests that 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 aren't about the growth of the game. They they're totally disorganized. They always have been. They hearken back to weird traditions and they do all sorts of things that make no sense as a business. Uh, and yet, it continues to grow in popularity. Yep. And so, and particularly as a television property, I just, I don't know how it goes down. Uh, as particularly sports wagering, you know, is legalized in more and more states and more people are, are gambling. So any football game becomes uh, something to watch and gamble on. So I don't know how or why anyone would take that. You know, they did in the ACC, they did not want the presidents then did not want the chaos and they paid a premium. They're paying a premium for that, that calm. They do not have chaos. Nobody's nobody's in or out, but they're getting lapped in terms of revenue. The ACC used to be, have more money than anybody. They had the richest deal at one point, not long ago, like 10 years ago. Now they're not even going to be close. So I don't know. I don't know if you could feel bold at at any of them if you're the Pac-12 or Big 12. Certainly not until you see what's up and then see what kind of playoff we have and see what kind of structure we have. Are are other teams playing non-conference games? What's going on? But um, I guess it'll be very interesting to see what kind of... monetary deal gets offered for the Pac-12 what concessions they have to make do they try to become a Friday night league do they you know at least with two games you know do they I don't I don't know I don't know Pac-12 is gonna have to be a little creative there's just no question they talking about playing conference games in LA right how does that work uh that'll be real interesting
2: SoFi Stadium, can we can we can we borrow that? And Probably at a very expensive. high price. Yeah. yeah. Very I high mean, price. So is that like what about that little stadium where the Chargers play?
0: That's the same one. Oh, the, the Chargers are in the, we're the Oh, the little they, Home they depot have, center there. That's yeah, a like, the little like soccer
1: stadium. It's a small stadium. It's now called Dignity Health Field. It's where the LA Galaxy plays. Okay. That's a, okay. The, the soccer stadiums are small. Yeah, what is it, like 30,000 yeah, or so something? Yeah, so you can't.
0: 25? I mean, I, I, I get, I mean look, we just <laughs> talked about the other day, Georgia, Florida. They play in uh, Jacksonville, right? Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. play in Dallas. You could make Arizona and whatever, Cal play in L.A. And, then you
2: wouldn't need more than 30,000 seats. would That's that. kind
0: of your problem. Yeah, maybe they do go to that little. Yeah. I'd make so, fun of soccer, but it stole Sully away, even though they can't even fill a 30,000-seat stadium. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I, like, I understand that desire to want to play there, but yeah, how's that going to work? What's it going to look like? Are people going to go? Uh, I don't know. That's the problem with the big, giant, gaping hole now in the biggest city in your conference. <laughs> I mean, the if you had retained at least one of the two L.A. schools, you might have a fighting chance to have an L.A. presence. But if you got to manufacture it,
0: I don't know how well that's going to work. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could play some special games there. You could certainly move the conference championship game there, although they like Vegas. Yeah, you could do some stuff, maybe at Angels or Dodgers or something. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, let's add San Diego State. I mean, okay, San Diego State is in Southern California, but it sure hell isn't LA, it's San Diego, right? I, I don't know. They got They got to They got to come up with something. So, uh, I thought it was some some. Cheeky talk out of, uh, out of the commish, but I, don't, I really just don't know where, where these guys are going except in circles at this point.
2: Yeah, and that's the You know, these, these media days, it's hilarious how they've changed where it used to be, you know, the, yeah, the commissioner's up there for 15 minutes. You're like, all right, come on, move away outside so we can get down to Nick Saban or Urban Meyer when he was either at Florida or Ohio State, you know, and, and let's talk football. But now the commissioner is the show. Uh, given the state of affairs here, and now every commissioner 's trying to outdo another the other one with their with their rhetoric and you know these these state of the union addresses that become scrutinized to this degree it's, this is where we are in college
0: athletics yeah pretty much it. all right football wise the big the big story at back twelve media days was u s c how good can they be? Under Lincoln Riley, this we, we still got a couple more years of, of what we've had, so we might as well uh, enjoy them for what they're at. Uh, you know, Riley not backing down. We didn't come here nope. to play for second, he said. We're not wired that way. We came here competitively to win championships, win them now, and to win them for a long time. What's his goal? Quote, to win the championship. I assume he means Pac-12, maybe he means it all. 20 transfers into the Trojan program, but this is a four and eight team. How good can USC be? What is the, what are your thoughts on these comments? Little Ryan day esque where we're just basically saying, Hey, I'm just going to lean into this stuff. Yeah.
2: I mean, the part that jumped out to me was win them. Now we came here competitively to win championships, win them now, and to win them for a long time. Okay, I can believe the first part of that and the third part of that, that's kind of putting it out there. It's like, okay, we're here to go right now, this season, 2022, and I think USC has a chance to win the Pac-12. You know, Utah's going to be good. Oregon should be good, uh, but I think USC could be right there with them. The uh, <laughs> This certainly got the attention of Bill Plaschke, the great columnist for the Los Angeles Times who who basically said, okay, Lincoln, if you're going to talk like that, I will help heap the pressure on you. The pressure starts now. The honeymoon ends here. moved forth the first summer practice sweat, the heat is on. And at the end of his column, he said, uh, kudos to the Trojans for going for it, but understand one thing, it will get real ugly real quick if they don't get there. No pressure at all, Lincoln. I, you know, I understand that because they did just go out and just hammer the transfer market, which is the, the quickest way to to fix your problems, but I think USC has bigger problems that aren't necessarily fixable with a snap of the fingers in the portal, so they've got offensive line and the entire defense all have to be much better than they were when they were going four and eight or whatever they were last year, so... That they they are nowhere near. I don't think as well built on the sli- the line of scrimmage as say Utah. Uh, that could be ugly. Uh, Oregon has five returning offensive line starters. You want to you have a defense that's going to go up against that? Well, well, we'll see. So it's uh, it's interesting talk. It's bold talk. Look, we all like it when USC's when USC matters when the spotlight's on there. When rise or fall, either way, that's interesting when USC. Is uh, is in the mix or way out of the mix? So it's going to be. I think that that is. I have more curiosity about Lincoln Riley at USC this season than any other coach in any other job.
0: Yeah, I found this to be a little amazing. Hey, uh, kudos for embracing it, but or bringing it on. This is a program that went four and eight. They won. They were five and one during the pandemic for whatever that was worth. They've won eight five. Clay Helton had two. Okay, years eleven and three and ten and three. Yeah, early on with Sam Darnold. Yeah, and even then, uh, Sark went eight and six and nine and four. Lane went ten and four. That at at mainly it was at Ogeron. I mean, look at Lane Kiffin's record there: eight and five, ten and two, seven and six, three and two. You know, you're you're basically back to two thousand eight when Pete Carroll went yeah. twelve and one. John David Booty, baby. Yeah, the infrastructure, the built-up talent, the, the whole thing isn't there. This isn't Oklahoma. Can USC be incredible? Absolutely. We saw this with Pete Carroll. I mean, there was a stretch. They were the number one program in the country. And when they're rolling, yeah. Yeah. you go, of course, they're number one. Yeah. Right? Like yep. like a, almost any team when they really get it rolling. You're like, oh, of course, that makes sense. Who wouldn't want to play at USC? We've got all these players. There's no other schools to recruit mm-hmm. against. Blah, 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 blah. But it's hard to do. It's like Texas and just declaring Texas back because I'm here. Right. Yeah, when Texas is rolling, they're incredible. But they haven't been rolling in a long time. It's something wrong with it. So I, I certainly appreciate what Lincoln Riley's is doing. I just, I mean, hey. Wow, Caleb Williams is good, and Jordan Addison. You got all sorts of skill players, but there's other teams in this league that are taking that quote and just saying, "Oh, USC thinks they're just automatically back." Fascinating That's comment. It. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I you watch like we can talk about him later. We never got to him the other day from the Big Ten. Like Scott Frost, right? You come back, it's like the Conqueror. Oh, he's going to snap his fingers, boom! All problems will be solved. Nebraska's going to roll again. Nope. All right, Harbaugh's back in Michigan. Snap your fingers, we're going to be rolling. It's, it's a little more work than it, you know. You need some breaks, yeah. Now took a while. Uh, it's just not that easy, I don't think. I was very surprised by that Lincoln Riley move. Maybe, you know, maybe it's because the first job he took over was just a well-oiled Oklahoma machine. But man, if he they win the Pac-12 this year, incredible. But boy, that is a that is a throw the gauntlet down bit. I don't know whether it's players care, but hey. USC was 112th nationally last year in yards allowed per
2: play, defensively. I mean, how many teams that are that far down the ladder on defense all of a sudden come the next year and win a conference championship? I, I can't think there's that many.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know. Uh, very, very simple. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at some of, the, some of the other quotes, some of the player quotes. USC is a blue blood, simple as that. Teams have rough moments. That's what USC had. We're trying to turn that around. And that was Caleb Williams. Not a bad schedule. They open with Rice. They're at Stanford. They get Fresno at home at Oregon State. Could be a little difficult this year. They're always difficult, I guess, Oregon State.
1: Yep. Arizona State, mm-hmm.
0: that's all that. And then they finish with Notre Dame. Yep. So, But they're at Utah. When is, when's that game at Utah? October fifteenth, they avoid Oregon again, right. till the Pac twelve yeah.
2: championship game. Mm-hmm. If they both get there, yeah, it's uh, they they've got a chance for a for a pretty good start. Schedule gives them a chance. As you said like Rice is Rice, Stanford is appears to be way down in terms of personnel, and actually I looked this up. You want a stat, Dan Wetzel? Here's a stat for you. Stanford failed to cover the spread in their last nine games last year. They were. They're like people were still, Vegas was still figuring. out. David Shaw, figure this out. They didn't. They did not figure it out. Lose, lose against the spread nine straight times. So Stanford, this is the second week, Fresno. Fresno might not. That that could be interesting. You got Jake Hayner back at quarterback there. They got a coaching change, but still, that could be challenging. So we'll see if Lincoln's got at least a chance to ramp up. He's got some runway, I think
0: there. So speaking of Stanford, also out there. You got a you got a you got a theory on this? I mean, Stanford was obviously Harbaugh got them going really good. And then David Shaw comes in and continues it, elevates it. I mean, Harbaugh had one great year, 12 and one. David Shaw's first yeah. this is his first six, seven years, 11 and 2, 12 and 2, 11 and 3. Those are back to back Rose Bowls. There was a Fiesta Bowl in there. Eight and five, then 12 and two, then 10 and three, nine and five, nine and four, four and eight, four and two, three and nine. They have fallen off a cliff. Yep. I don't know of a more impressive person that I've met who is a college football coach than David Shaw. I don't know anybody I wouldn't want coaching my kids than David Shaw. Yep. Stanford is still Stanford. The competition in the Pac 12 has not gotten tougher. Why has this just fallen apart? Well, a, a couple theories there.
2: You know, one, that the, the transfer portal is basically a one-way thing there. Yeah. Okay, so they've lost a lot of guys to the transfer portal. And some of that may be academics, but that's also part of the problem on getting guys in. It's hard to be academically at a point where Stanford will say, yeah, we'll take you. You know, there's probably not a lot of guys at uh, Arizona State or at, Auburn or wherever that are like yeah, yeah yeah I've got I've got the credits to transfer in and become a whatever major at uh, management science and engineering major at Stanford so it's hard they're they're losing ground in that respect secondly you know they they built their program on on winning the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively and once that goes bad that can be hard to fix especially again if you cannot work the portal to go out and get three great linemen on either side. And so their recruiting, I think, now is suffering as a result of having lost that traction. They were not terribly creative ever offensively. Uh, And as things have become more open, they look a little bit like a fish out of water. Doesn't mean you can't win that way, but you you have to beat teams at the line of scrimmage, and they're no longer dominant up front there. So... Kind of a combination, a a compilation, I think, of things. But I am I'm, I'm very surprised because I'm with you. Like if David Shaw came into my house to recruit, whew, he'd be a tough one to turn down.
0: Yeah. So I mean, look, historically Stanford's not good. Right. Okay. They they went 10 and 0 in 1940. They did not win 10 games again uh until nineteen ninety two when Bill Walsh coached them. That included the, Not even Jim the Jim Plunkett teams in the early 70s? They didn't do it? 70, 71 in there? They won nine. They might not nine have. Nine and three. Okay. And they won the Rose yeah. Bowl. But, yeah, okay, they had two yeah. two two yeah. nine and three seasons. So they won a couple Rose Bowls in the early 70s. I don't know what standard to go with at Um, uh, But we'll go – although that was a nice run. And Walsh came back. They had one good year under him. Ty Willingham didn't do a whole lot. Got him, you know, got to nine. And then Harbaugh really modernized it. Um, and had Andrew Luck, and then and then they got really good. But now we're back. So, so I can go two ways on this. One is this is not a school that is built for what's coming. Right. Okay? I got a hard time believing that Stanford. Now they have more money than anybody, but do they have football fans that want to do a collective? No. <laughs> Probably not. Now, if they did, they could stack that thing but with billions. Oh. They only yeah, really I mean, need one alum. One of their many billionaire yeah. tech alums to say, screw it, I'm doing <laughs> yeah. this. Right. Yeah,
2: they got plenty to choose from there, but I don't know whether any of them care. Right. Like I did, when we were out at graduation in the in the in June, the the commencement speaker was like the co-founder of Netflix, who's an alum. Right. But he didn't seem to be talking much
0: about sports. Founders of Yahoo. Google, I yeah. mean, it, it, yeah. Yeah. A, a million others. So you don't need much. That's the thing. A lot of these other collectives, they're like, well, you know, I'm a manager of like, you know, a, a three-store chain of sporting goods. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I got the biggest uh, gravel pit in the state. <laughs> you know, good money. <laughs> There's money in gravel There's pit. Mo- There's always money it. in gravel. I, I got a trucking and hauling company. I'm going to pop some bucks in there. Let's get some recruits. These are the kind of guys at Stanford are like, I'm going to build a rocket ship and go to Mars. <laughs> oh, sure. I'll give 1% of that and let's get an offensive line. So they could get the collective going. Theoretically, This is the, the, the true sleeping giant of college football. Yes. Anytime Stanford yes. wants to do this, get out the way. Yeah. But I would say that it is not well equipped for modern college football. It's not good on the transfer portal. It's not good on NIL. They don't have a whole lot of fans. The stadium is small and they never fill it up. Yeah, they drink wine at the tailgates.
2: <laughs> Again, you're, proximity to Napa. You're trying to sell the Stanford education in, in a football. world where
0: everyone's trying to make, you know, fifty extra bucks on an NIL deal. <laughs> so. I get all that, but that doesn't explain the last couple of years. It's always been hard to transfer. The transfer portal did not cause them to go three, two and seven or in the league or three and nine last year. Notre Dame is also in a lot of this boat. Yep. And Notre Dame has the number one or two recruiting class in the country this year and next year at this moment. Yep. Now, Notre Dame has way more passionate fans, obviously. And their own network, but that doesn't explain this fall off. And they had Shaw just had that. We are going to be mean up front, nasty. They were physical. The nerds, remember, intellectual brutality. Intellectual brutality. I love those teams. Yeah, it was. They beat the hell out of you, and then they'd come to the press conference. They'd wear those glasses with the tape, make fun of themselves. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get a great QB, because look, if you're one of these great QBs are going to want to go to Stanford, it just fits the personality. So the model was there. It's just falling off a cliff. It isn't there right now. And I don't know. uh, Shaw's got to recruit harder. They got to coach better. They got to be more aggressive. They got to be better at figuring out the problems. I mean, this is a if he's not David Shaw, he's fired. And this isn't Stanford. He's fired. He's making like eight million
2: a year. Yeah, he's getting paid a phenomenal amount. Unbelievable. And yes, you're right. At a different school, he would be out right now. So
0: I don't want to criticize him because he might call me up and talk me, like <laughs> yell at me. I feel bad. He's too smart. <laughs> I love the guy, but it's just like this isn't working. You can't. This program right. is falling apart.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's I will say they they've got a quarterback now who they really like and the NFL likes big strong arm guy Tanner McKee oh. uh so you know maybe maybe this year they can they can get it ramped back up but boy i mean they lost a lot of guys to transfer off season I, it, it's it's gone the wrong Something's way and that's up that's one of those things that's hard would, to turn around fast why
0: would you transfer out of stanford if you're the kind yeah, of I don't kid know. that goes um, to stanford you want the stanford degree
2: yeah Maybe some of them found out it was harder than they thought it was going to be. I don't know, man. They weren't flunking out five years ago. Whatever the reason is, it, it is it's is—it's weird, it's mystifying, and I don't know how quickly you can fix it. They sign a handful of really good guys every year. Chris Hinton, that kid transferred
0: to Michigan. From there. They've got uh, six rivals, four stars committed. You know, they're always going to get guys. Or are you going to keep them? I don't know. I there's something up at Stanford. I don't know what it is. Drop us a dime. I don't. It's it's this thing is not working. And man, was it working? And yeah, yeah, were they gonna ever win the national championship? Probably not, but it was a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun to watch. Sure. A lot of fun. And they had their unique style. That's it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They were one of the one of the great ground and pound teams uh outside of the service academies.
0: Going to be a problem. Recruiting's falling off. Wins and losses have predictably fallen off after that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every
1: customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW,
0: gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access
2: to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW.
0: Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, we did not get to, I mentioned this earlier, let let, let us get to this part of the Big Ten, leftover from the Big Ten. Scott Frost at Nebraska. He was asked about being more competitive, and he immediately said, we were competitive enough. We just lost eight of the nine games by a touchdown. Or <laughs> a <few minutes." laughs> oh, is that all? Uh, noted we that the problem was it was something different every time, which I, I, he was explaining that. I didn't really think that was a positive on for him. Like, if one thing, like, look, man, <laughs> no. we, our kicker, had two left feet. We couldn't kick a field goal. We blew eight games. Blame it on him. It was, and it was something right. different every time. But this yeah, It was often that special teams, but it was different parts of special different teams. Different This is a team that played Ohio State and Michigan for basically 60 minutes, but couldn't get anything going. He'd be fired if he wasn't Scott Frost, and this wasn't Nebraska, but he's back. Is there something there? That Nebraska can flip this and and get back to eight and four or something six and six. What does it take to keep Scott Frost at Nebraska? Uh, we discussed that we had, you know a, a high level writer
2: meeting over beers at the High Velocity Sports Bar in Indianapolis uh, after Scott Frost's day at the podium. Is that just the Marriott uh, the,
0: lobby bar. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that that is that you, is the most Big Ten media. You couldn't even venture out <laughs> past <laughs> no, the no. the lobby. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just it's low. In, I've know. been to that bar. That is low velocity. Yes, you have. <laughs> that is low velocity. <laughs> Nothing interesting happens you know. at high velocity.
2: No, nachos, overpriced bad. nachos. You know, mediocre chicken wings and. In I mean years. it's Indianapolis, but, but uh, you got to
0: work a little harder. Yeah. Uh, got, I know, I got to get, get down there.
2: Hey, That's, I was I was grinding, baby. I was pumping out that Kevin Warren column. By the time I was done, you high know, velocity. It was, it was later on, but anyway. They, they, I, the The consensus was got to be better than six and six. Seven and five is the mm, what? What does seven and five look like? point? Point eight and four. He's probably okay. 6 and 6 not good enough, 7 and
0: 5, it e- gets interesting. 8 and 4, so, they'll go they'll go buy some Ukrainian helium and and let off balloons in <laughs> celebration.
2: <laughs> yes, they will. Although Frank Solich would see that and say, "Wait a minute. I wasn't good enough and I was always better than 8 and 4. Yeah,
0: Frank was a better coach than all those guys. But that it's the, the yes. mighty have fallen over there. I think it is They have fallen hard. Nebraska, know, I, I mean, Nebraska wants to just the, the they just want to have their games and celebrate each other and and all get together and then kind of win some games. Just don't humiliate me. I, that's what I feel like the, the program now is just the program. They just want to let's have a night. Let's do it. Good times. Let off some balloons when we get the helium yeah, back. Sit around
2: the tailgate and talk about Tom Osborne some more.
0: Yeah, have a meat pie, runs us. <laughs> I don't know that they care that much, but
1: hey, eight and four if they will the do coach it. Wins.
2: Six
0: and six will do it. I think he's back if he gets six wins.
2: I, I do not think he's back if he gets six wins. I think he's got to have a winning record. So go go through the schedule for us on that. All right, let's Very do- interesting opener in Ireland against Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern was horrible last year. May well be horrible again this year, although even the, number the Pat even Fit- number year. Yeah, the Pat Fitzgerald up and down dynamic. Roller coaster. Uh, yeah, the roller coaster. There we go. Thank you. Should be uh this this should be an up year for them. But uh if but still, like on paper, they still don't look like much, Northwestern. So we'll put Northwestern the did Northwestern Nebraska opener in Ireland is fascinating to me. Week zero. Like Nebraska yep.
0: better win. Yeah huge game week 0. So they they do this. Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, and then Oklahoma visits. If they're not 3 and 0 heading into Oklahoma, Oklahoma could finish this off.
2: Yep. I agree cuz they got an open week after
0: that. If you want to make an early change, you got your chance. Yeah, if they're 2 and 2 or god, you know, 1 1 and 1 and 3, yeah. Then you get the head start on the next coach and all that. But I don't know. They could also be 3-0, and get get the Sooners at home. Right. Uh, they I mean, avoid if- I, they avoid Ohio State, uh, and they avoid Penn State, and they avoid Michigan State. So they could basically got the West, and then they get Rutgers and Michigan. So, but I'll say this. The end of the year, they got to crank early. That last stretch is Minnesota, who should be pretty good, has the potential to be pretty darn good. Yep. At Michigan, Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. then Black Friday at Iowa. Yeah. And that's when the sale may be over. Right. So if they haven't cranked <laughs> up their six wins by Halloween. Yeah. You know, let's say they lose to, I mean, it's there. At Purdue is going to yeah. be tough, but.
2: Right. that's that's there. There's those toss-up games in the West, you know, like Purdue is absolutely one of them. Hell, they lost to uh, Illinois last year. Purdue-Minnesota, I think, will be key key games. I I don't see them necessarily being good enough to beat Iowa or Wisconsin or Michigan. Uh, So, yeah, they better stack up some wins earlier there. And the thing, he's gone all in on a quick quick makeover. Heavy on the portal, big staff turnover. Brought in quarterback Casey Thompson from Texas. Uh, Adrian Martinez exited. For Kansas State, Adrian Martinez could end up being really good at Kansas State, or he could just be the same guy that made too many mistakes at Nebraska. And that was the whole thing with him. Just, you know, he'd make four or five mistakes a game that, that could end up getting you beat in close games. But we'll see whether Casey Thompson is an upgrade there or not. And then what else do you got? Have you? They, he did finally break down and hire a special teams coordinator after just absolute manifold serial ineptitude on, in that area. They're finally going to at least try to have decent coverage units, return units, and kickers. We'll see if that works.
0: Other side of the Big Ten, Rutgers. Interesting comments. Uh, Steve Politi, our friend Steve Politti at NJ.com, had this story. Uh, Greg Shiano was at in front of a bunch of boosters on Thursday. said, we have four months to raise money we need before other teams start poaching our best players. Uh, sounded the alarm a little like Ryan Day did. A lot of them. We need millions, yeah, to compete. Basically, said they got to pay the players. To stop trying to build facilities, which we've been arguing for a long time.
2: Yeah, since NIL came into being
0: last year, or really probably before that, we were saying that. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a there's there's a finite number of dollars here, but I'm good with the money going to players and their families rather than College Town contractors for gold-plated facilities that nobody really needs. No kidding.
2: This is the new reality. I'd much rather the money go to the players. It seems to make more sense going to the players. Uh, Of course, the bottom line is they always need more money. Always. There's always got to be something we've got to have. We need it right now. uh, Four months
0: or we're done. Yeah, four months. months. Pass the hat, brother Shiano. Right, dial now. Yeah. next 15 minutes, you get a free two sets of steak knives. If you buy one, you get the other one. <laughs> uh, four easy payments. Yeah. I mean, we've heard this, but I, I had not had, you not see a whole lot of coaches say what is obvious is that the facility thing is, is, is on its way out. Right. You know, like Texas Tech's doing this $200 million thing. Uh, Texas Tech's doing a $200 million renovation of all their stuff and they need it. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea and it looks unbelievable. Like uh, Texas Tech's uh, football facility that they're building is looks um, absolutely incredible. We'll find the things yeah. on it. But what if you said we're going to take $200 million to pay our players over the next 10 years?
2: No kidding. That would seem to me like money better spent and something that would truly work as opposed to hoping that your new Slide or miniature golf course or barbershop uh wins the day, as opposed to, well, here's three hundred thousand dollars to be our backup defensive tackle.
0: You know? Uh, you know, it's just it's just a passive dollar. You you it's a slow dollar mm-hmm. when you're building facilities. You gotta raise it, you gotta build it, then you gotta get somebody on campus to look at it. Yeah. That's a slow, passive dollar. What got Texas A&M so hot in recruiting all of a sudden? The perception, if not the reality, sorry, Jimbo, that they were doling out money. Yeah. That's a quick dollar. That's a direct dollar. (laughs) Yes. Everyone's heads, Texas A&M, hey, I got to go visit. Yeah. It's not because they got a new Uh mini golf course. Or we got, right. you know, 78 weight racks. Every guy gets his own weight rack. <laughs> yeah. you got
2: a video console in your locker. Well, so what? How about putting $10,000 in my locker every week?
0: If someone calls you and offers you a new job, they say, we're going to pay you more. You go, what's the office look like? <laughs> what's no, you your don't. break room look like? Have you put money into new, you know, new waterfalls in the... Conference room? Not really. I mean, location maybe a little, but yeah, not really. So at least Shiano's talking about it. I would say, hey, this is our weight room. Yeah, it ain't as good as uh, these other ones, but your pocketbook will be. Yeah. Someone's just got a straight get, embrace
2: this thing. Yeah. You can still get strong in our weight room. Now here's some actual
0: money that you can put <laughs> right. in your pocket. The guys you 10 know? years ago were lifting weights too. How'd those McCordy brothers do it? Yeah. So pretty. that was pretty interesting. I think we're starting hey, to get of there. Uh,
2: speaking of A&M, Malachi Nelson, a little uh, stealth unofficial visit down yes. there, the USC commit. Malachi, boy, he's had some drama in his recruiting, rec- recruiting cycle. A quarterback from Southern California who originally committed to Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, and then very shortly after Lincoln Riley left committed to him at USC uh, and then between then and now became the number one overall prospect in ESPN's top uh, whatever
0: for the class of 2023 above Arch Manning. I, what does the Manning cast have to say about this? I would love We're to gonna, know. I, we better find out. Yeah. I think Peyton yeah. Manning's got like a, a podcast network hooked up with, the, with the ESPN. Yeah, we need to find out.
2: Like, yeah, this is probably a boring uh, It's probably on boring. ESPN. Crime, it's probably boring.
0: All ESPN podcasts yeah. are boring. So yeah, no, the they're rule. not as
2: exciting as this one. course. that's for sure.
0: Yeah, Malachi, I'm sure he went down there because the facilities. No, he went down yeah. there because he they heard they're paying money. He went down there
2: because of just how
0: beautiful College Station is,
2: the the beige wonderland of College Station. Enough with the facilities. Like a good tumbleweed. Don't need it. They've built all the facilities anyway. Now, really. I mean, just about every place has every facility you could possibly need. May got to spend a couple of million here there upgrading, updating, you know, for the ones that, God forbid, are now like 10 years old. But it makes so much more sense to, to get your boosters to pay for NIL slash recruiting inducements than
0: to pay for more facilities. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Spend the money that way. Get the money out to the people. Most of these guys get to the NFL, and they have worse facilities. Yeah, right. I mean, there's one locker. You don't need two locker rooms. You don't need all this stuff. So I think that's going to be a big thing going forward. But Shiano was, uh, was the least talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Said the quiet part out loud. That's good. All right. It's a, a book out about uh, Nick Saban, The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban mm. by John Talty. Here we go. Wow. John Talty. I know John. Yep. Good does a good job. Does a good job. He's got this book out. I don't know how much of the leadership secrets there are or not. I can tell you this. There is a story in the book about uh Nick Saban and Jeremy Pruitt, our favorite <laughs> fired Tennessee football coach. And that says a lot. Not too
2: Yeah. <laughs> it does. Two guys not really on the same uh, intellectual wavelength, I wouldn't say.
0: But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing Pruitt worked for Saban. But um, uh, is this story, okay? So Pruitt was the defensive coordinator for Saban at Alabama. So according to the book, it says, uh, quote, one night out recruiting, Pruitt and Saban are looking to get some food, wrote Talty. Pruitt suggests Zaxby's. Mm. Now, Zaxby's has been a a punch above its weight, <laughs> make a lot of noise, chicken chicken war place.
2: Yeah, Saban looks yeah. at
0: Pruitt and says, "What the f is a Zaxby's?" <laughs> so now Pruitt, a man who famously didn't know what asparagus was on national television, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Oh, yeah. Has to so maybe well, maybe
2: the best Bruit
0: story. That might, yes. we'll get to, how about we discuss this one after? But has to explain yeah. to Nick Saban what Zaxby's is. He just des- he decides on, quote, <laughs> it's like a classier Chick-fil-A coach. Oh, God. OK, <laughs> so uh, lots to unpack here. Yes. Why the much. hell does Saban not know what Zaxby's is if he's been roaming around the south? They say Brian Kelly uh, doesn't fit. What is this? Right, Kelly's been to Zaxby's. I guarantee it. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I I think that
2: is, again, a testament to Nick Saban being a smart guy. Because <laughs> Zaxby's isn't any good. It's overrated. You know, it's like trying to sell him on, a, on an overrated recruit. He's not going there. No, no. Nick, 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 can, Nick can evaluate chicken. He doesn't need to know Zaxby's. He shops at a cut above. Ah, Zaxby's.
0: interesting. It's like how he doesn't recruit three stars anymore, really. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Couple things. Zaxby's is based out of Athens, Georgia, so you can see why Saban Ooh. would have a natural resistance mm-hmm. to the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but 941 stores, almost all of them in the South. I'm surprised he's not. He does not even at least know what a Zaxby's is. That
2: would that would truly offend the uh, the late Sully who, you know, was a big Zaxby's fan. I've eaten at Zaxby's one time for the purpose of this pod, and I found it underwhelming. Uh, No offense to the fine folks on on their store on Blankenbaker Parkway about two minutes from my house, but no. I would put Zaxby's well down the ladder in the chicken wars. You know, they're like Belgium, you know. uh, They're they're not bringing a lot to the table. They've got... Bigger, stronger entities on either side of it, like back in World War I when France was on one side of Belgium and Germany was on the other, and they're just kind of getting steamrolled in the middle. That's how I view
0: Zaxby's. That's it? Sorry, they're out. Just sort of there? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fascinatingly, back in 2013, Zaxby's made a deal with uh, uh, 25 Division I colleges uh, declaring themselves... The official chicken of college sports, really? Yes,
2: I missed that. Yes,
0: Pre- prelude. One of the schools they made a deal with, Alabama. <laughs> Nick Saban did not was unaware that Zaxby's was the official chicken of college sports, even as it was paying Alabama an NIL deal. That that fits though for Saban again. What does Zaxby's paying Alabama
2: some money to be the official chicken have to do with him winning football games? Nothing. He's got that Coke
0: up on his thing, yeah, the unopened Coke. Is that Coke at his press conference? Maybe he could have thrown a Zaxby's chicken finger in, and then a lot of it could have happened.
2: <laughs> the Coke that went that goes unopened for years at a time. So <laughs> I think it's the same and one. Just Keep pulling out the same bottle. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then when. Coke changes the label or send them and they, they they put a new one up there.
0: So uh the Jeremy Pruitt asparagus story. Yeah. Uh, if you remember the the late great MTV show Two A Days about the Hoover High football team in Alabama, they gave us uh, rush probes to uh, at one point, I believe said that uh, the p- town police were like snagging drug money off the off the highway stopping people and then using it to pay recruits when he got busted over in Georgia. All alleged, all alleged. So Pruitt was the defensive coordinator on 2 days and in a clip on MTV, uh, they were at a restaurant. They brought out a plate of asparagus, and he looked at it and said,
1: What is that? It's asparagus. You don't like asparagus? I ain't never heard
0: of it. I'd <laughs> uh, never yeah. heard of asparagus. When he took over Pru- at... Uh... <laughs> I don't know the how this man... A worldly man. He went, very, a very worldly man. <laughs> I mean, he knows Zaxby's. He doesn't. They don't sell asparagus at Zaxby's. So... No, they don't. <laughs> later, uh, he gets the job at Tennessee, and of course, he gets asked by The Athletic about this uh, famous, I'd never heard of asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's your most popular vegetable. I mean, it's not like... Like, what do you think the most... The most well-known vegetable is. I would
2: say carrot. Yeah, maybe. In the South, it's going to be like green beans or or collard greens even. No. It's not.
0: Oh, yes. More than the, the carrot? Onion.
2: Yes. And the, onion. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with green beans. Green bean. Okay. Yep. Asparagus. Is, I, is an onion even a vegetable? I don't know.
1: Asparagus? And I guess it is. Yes, no, but an onion. Is an onion a vegetable? Onion would be a vegetable. I would say onion would be the winner. I okay. mean, an onion is in everything. Every single savory food has onion. It is. I think right. every
0: five-year-old in the country knows what a carrot is. This is also true. <laughs> I, I don't know that they all know what an onion is because they haven't been fed an onion, but everybody is eating a carrot. Find me someone who has eaten a carrot in this country. <laughs> a carrot right. Podcast green listeners. green bean. Green bean's close. They're,
2: green bean's right there. Yeah. There's your challenge for our listeners. What's the sending, most sweetest if
0: you can find
2: somebody who hadn't eaten a carrot? What's the most well known vegetable? Okay, carrot. so
0: I'm not saying asparagus is on that carrot, green bean, kind of Mount Rushmore bit. But it's it's <laughs> it's an asparagus. A grown man should know what the hell an asparagus is. Yes, I agree.
2: But we'll go with a garden Rushmore, not Mount Rushmore. What would you grow in your your garden (laughs) Rushmore?
0: So they ask him then, and he says, nah, I knew what asparagus was. Just when they brought it out, it just didn't register.
1: (laughs) Again, very worldly. A website called freshproduce.com says potatoes are the most famous vegetable. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking into okay. this. It's, it's probably yes. a very unscientific survey, but tomatoes second. Are we considering tomatoes or a fruit or a vegetable? I'm definitely considering them a vegetable. When you watch the video, I don't know how you don't,
0: if you see an asparagus, well, if you saw an asparagus, what else would you think it is?
2: <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I, I again, like this is just astounding to me. We need like, a like, Jeremy, this guy, somebody go ahead. Somebody paid him $4 million
0: a year to be a college football head coach. Is is Zaxby's a classier Chick-fil-A? I don't know. I don't think it is. No.
2: No, he didn't know that. He doesn't know his chicken. He doesn't know his asparagus.
0: (laughs) In that (laughs) video, he's eating eating this overloaded baked potato. He knows that. He's got that baked potato. (laughs) Okay. Finally, I think. (laughs) Um Maybe. very important uh warning that authorities are putting out there and we want to share it with our listeners. Uh v- so we're trying to keep the keep our listeners safe. keep our listeners safe. I think we could people's court this too. Brett, okay. Brett this will be your first people's court. Oh, I've done it. I've used the drop before. Judge Raider. Uh-huh. Have you ever gotten to ever got to rule? No, no. This Look, is well, my first time. Uh-uh. Get your thing Get together to here. Put on your robe. Get ready. This is important. All right. We've all walked up to a store or on the street corner, and there's somebody there trying to make some money, like a street performer, right? hmm And in this case, this is a, a nationwide warning from authorities. Uh, it includes somebody playing the violin, playing music. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they usually got a little bucket out there trying to get some money, and they, they sometimes have sure. a sign. Help, yep. help me raising my kids or whatever. So, over the past year, police nationwide have issued warnings about these people. They are playing the violin, or at least that's what it looks like. However, it turns out the music is fake. What? <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've, they're, they're playing a recording of the violin? They have a recording of a violin playing, and they have their violin, it looks like plugged into a speaker. Mm. The scam works like this near or even in the parking lot of a grocery store retailer, someone said with a violin, the music is beautiful and accompanied by the sign about having kids and needing help can really pull the heartstring. But if this is all a fake. A person standing there at the sign isn't playing music at all, it's coming from a speaker. Mm. According to Pinellas Park Crime Prevention. Community Policing Corporal, well, that's a mouthful, James Gotti. The guy's name is James Gotti. Okay. <laughs>
2: okay. He's in Florida. This is a Florida man. Florida so we man. Got that okay. Kind of, James yeah.
0: Gotti. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they stand outside stores and businesses. They're playing the violin. They solicit donations coming in and out. This has been seen in Florida, Maryland, Michigan, mm. and they are warning people. There's many other places you can give your hard-earned money as opposed to someone fooling you with what they are asking for money. So the guy plays a violin song and then pretends to play the violin. I think I've fallen for this. (laughs) I think I've been duped. (laughs) Have you given money to the fake violinist? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I wondered why they (laughs) were so good at the violin. Seems like a weird thing (laughs) for a homeless guy to be able to do. Uh, Wouldn't you be us? If you had that talent, wouldn't you be, you know, employed somewhere? Maybe not. So
1: here's the thing: is this a crime? At first, I was really nervous when you called me in here to make a ruling this being my first one. I didn't want to, I didn't want too strenuous a, a social issue to be put in my way. I didn't want to be embarrassed. This is easy. This is a free country. I respect the hustle. If you got duped, <laughs> that's your problem. If the, if people if someone who's out there with the fake violin and the CD player or the MP3 player that's playing, you know, Ave Maria on the violin. If they could make, you know, $150,000 a year, they probably would be at their job doing that. I respect the hustle. And it's, if you get duped by it, that's on you. You know, for this person to make okay. 20, 30 bucks a day doing this, that's fine. There's worse things going on in this in this world.
0: Oh, I think they're making more than that. Making
2: enough to afford
0: a nice violin. Here's the Montgomery County Police Department in Maryland. Warning, all caps. (laughs) (laughs) This is a nationwide issue. Please be aware of scam violin players in Rockville and other location shopping centers. Scam violin player, Pat. (laughs) Montgomery County PD is not happy. Are you? No, no.
2: As as much as I I understand Justice Raider's... Tack there, like you know, you don't want to be if you're there, if you're that dumb that you can be fooled, then it's on you. But here's what I say: Look, we have always been the podcast of truth. That's why we outed the Purdue drum. That's why we outed the Ames water. We stand up for what's real, what's legitimate. We ain't took. I, I refuse to to give a pass to somebody who's a fake violinist. You're out. Throw the book at him. Maximum.
0: Maximum sentence. This is like the Milli, Van- the Milli Vanilli of uh, street performers.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, look, we, we've got to make our, our street corners and our storefronts safe for legitimate musicians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boy, I'm torn on this one. I, I, I This is work. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's fun. not like when the squeegee guys would just run up to your car and start doing it and then demand yeah. like, it's like a shakedown. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't like that scam. They're not saying they're playing the violin. They're just providing the music. Hey, 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 don't go soft on
2: crime here. Come on. I think I don't need you siding with Justice Raider here.
0: I, I I I I think I I I'm okay with it. I'm okay with oh, it. I'm okay with it.
2: Oh my god.
0: I'm okay a with man it. who who
2: absolutely went to war with Purdue
0: over its drum, and now now we're okay with these false But Purdue says their drum is the largest drum in the world, and it is not. The violin guy on the corner
1: is not saying he's playing the violin. He's just implying that he's playing the violin. I live in L.A. You go to Hollywood and Highland and there's some guy who's dressed up like Johnny Depp there. Some guy dressed up like Superman or Elvis Good or point. whoever. I don't think that's Times actually Square. Johnny Depp. If I get take a picture with him and he's like, hey, that's actually 25 bucks, that's on me. You know, I, I assume everyone out there is fake. Pat's just a naive hayseed. He just as believes anything. (laughs) So
0: do we have to protect the world from Pat? (laughs) Do we have to protect Pat from the world? I I am
2: no naive uh, babe out of the woods here. (laughs) But by golly, I, I am trying to be consistent in the ethos of this podcast. We stand for Authenticity. We stand for
0: truth. They're out. Throw them, throw the book out. Consistency in the legal process. I don't think you know anything about the legal process. <laughs> well,
2: I'm gonna find out this week when I go to jury
0: duty. That's right. Pat on jury. This is you've been prepping. Yeah. Jury duty tomorrow, yeah. right? Monday? We had to tape this yeah. Sunday night because Pat has jury had duty.
2: To, had to tape Sunday night because yes, I have to go do my civic duty, man.
0: What do we, would you, any idea? Could we get like a murder trial as a small claim? What do we got? What kind of, I mean, you have been no prepping idea. for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure.
1: I have no idea. It would be wild if it was a, a scam violinist being, prosecuted.
2: <laughs> wouldn't that be something? It would be, and- then you know what? I could, I could introduce this podcast and it would get me thrown out of the jury. There
0: you are out. Like, yeah, you're out. So, all right. Well, I cannot wait for your tales of jury duty. Oh, boy. Other than that, we'll be back later in the week with uh more uh college football talk. Please thank you for uh listening, sharing us on social media. It is August. We're on our way. Football's coming, yeah, baby. Football will be played this month, including Nebraska and uh and uh Northwestern in Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring it on. Almost there. It's coming. So we'll get into it. Yep. Should be getting good. Uh, Thank you for all your support. We'll talk to you later. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car...